the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast today, I'll be joined by John Smithbaker to wrap up our conversation about healing the father wound and forgiveness from a biblical perspective. You can reach out to me to share your thoughts or comments at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. And I'd remind you, The Plumline is a listener-supported radio ministry, so I'd love to hear from you with an end-of-the-year gift to The Plumline. You can email me to find out how to do that at this address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to once again be joined by John Smithbaker, the founder of Fathers in the Field, a mentoring ministry and author of a book called Man Enough to Forgive. Our discussion is kind of centered around fatherlessness, but really even more so around forgiveness, specifically in relationship to forgiving the one who stepped out of your life, maybe never was in your life, maybe wasn't you know present uh, at all. He never got to know your father. And so we're going to talk a bit about, well, some of the aspects where we left off from last time related to forgiveness. But uh, I also want to just visit in general about what has happened in our society as a result of this problem of fatherlessness that is so pervasive. So lots to discuss here with my guest, John Smithbaker. Welcome back, John. Oh, great to be back. Thank you for your work for the kingdom and allow me to get this word out. Mm, thank you. All glory to God, certainly. And let's Amen. jump right back in where we had left off here because it was kind of a crucial spot that we were at. And I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6. Probably everybody's familiar with the Lord's Prayer that we find there, but they may not be as familiar with what comes right after the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Yeah. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Verse 14 of Matthew 6 says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And you can go into this a variety of ways if you wish, but I want to ask one specific thing because I want to make it clear. Some people may look at that and say it sounds like this is the way to get saved. We, we forgive others and that's how we get saved. This isn't a salvific verse, I would say here, but I think it's more of a a demonstration that you are saved. You're saved by grace through faith, not by granting forgiveness to others. But when you do grant forgiveness to others, it's a proof text, I guess you could say, a proof or a testimony that you are saved, and as a result, you forgive others, and then you're forgiven too. So that's that's kind of in a brief how I would explain this, but expound on that if you would. Yeah, I think you did a nice job. Forgiveness is a mark of a Christian. And if you're an unforgiving person, you may need to maybe sit down with your pastor and understand why that's the case. We'll leave that in the Lord's hand. That discussion is probably a whole other episode. (laughs) But here's the deal. If you call yourself a Christian and you're a follower of Christ, you are commanded multiple times in the Bible to forgive others. And it is a hard thing to do. But why will we not when we understand what great mercy and forgiveness we have received by nothing we have done on our own. So our example is to be like Christ and grow more like him. And his example on forgiveness is profound. And one of the most demonstrable examples of that is what he said in his last few dying breaths is forgive them, Father. And we are to be like him. So our tormentors, our violators, our abusers, it is our command to forgive them. And that is an unpopular countercultural argument in our day because we want our pound of flesh. We want retribution. We want justice. We're not saying what they did was not wrong. It was what they, you know, vile and awful. But our command as believers, if we're truly saved, is to forgive. And that is different than reconciliation, as we talked about the last, last episode. We're not talking about reconciliation. We're talking about forgiveness, true forgiveness. And in the context of your father for abandoning his positions of pastor, provider, and protector by leaving the home, it is a profound concept for these boys. So to answer your question, I know that was a lot of information. To answer your question, for a believer not to forgive, what is the consequence to that sin? Remember, you have to understand that unforgiveness is a sin for a believer. It is a sin. So if it's not a salvational issue, as we discuss, because the assurance of Christ's salvation in your life is, is secure. No one's going to snatch you from his hand. So what is the consequence? The consequence is you have broken fellowship with your Heavenly Father because you have unrepented, unconfessed sin in your life. Now, for a believer, that is a profound statement. So you have to think about what that means. What is the consequence? The consequence is broken fellowship, but what does that really mean? Well, the Bible explains is you grieve the Holy Spirit that's inside you. The Heavenly Father's face may not be upon you, which means you have broken fellowship. And the Lord also warns that he might not even hear your prayers. So if you've been a believer for 20 years, carrying around this unforgiveness, think about that. He may not even be listening to your prayers that you've been doing for 20 years because you have this unconfessed sin and this bitter root inside you and you refuse 
to forgive. And listen, I've been through this myself. I deal with it on a daily basis and boys and now men. When we say we're fine, that is a lie. Because what you're doing is you're calling God a liar. There's always consequences to sin. Always. We cannot fool ourselves. That's why you need to repent of it. That's why you need to truly forgive. And that is why God gives that command. And it's a serious consequence for believers for not forgiving. Mm. And so we, we cannot take it lightly. Again, we're not excusing behavior. We're not minimizing your hurt. We're saying this is what your heavenly father is commanding you to do. So you have a decision to make a decision to make. And it's a choice as I read last time. And it's so worth repeating this time from my pastor friend. He says, forgiveness is a choice we make to surrender our hurt to God for healing and also to turn over our violator to God for redemption or retribution. There is no unforgivable sin as horrible as it is other than the unbelief in the Holy Spirit for salvation. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard, straight fact message that <laughs> yeah. we, gra- we grapple with in man enough to forgive. Yeah, and I'm sure you address this in the book too, but uh, I think so many people, and myself included at times, when I'm feeling like I'm just kind of bitter or whatever, fail to recognize that this unforgiveness is only hurting us. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about it. We think that we're making ourselves happier or something by not forgiving someone or being bitter against them, but it's just harming ourselves, isn't it? Yes, yes. And in the book, I explain it several different ways because different people come at it from different perspectives. But again, this broken, cruel land is not our home. We're all going to have scars. We're all going to have brokenness. We're all going to have hurts. We need to forgive. That's a mark of a converted true believer. And secondarily, it doesn't mean that we won't have scars on our body and in our soul from this world. But they're not festering when you forgive. They're not controlling our, our life, our emotions, our actions, our behavior, because we have turned them over to God and he has healed that wound. But there's a scar there that we may bump into, and we might get sad that I didn't have a dad. But there's no longer bitterness towards not having a dad. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So the concept of forgiveness is a profound one that every believer needs to fully understand and come to grips with. And when you say, hey, have you forgiven your father? Oh, I've moved on. I'm fine. That means you have not. Because when a believer truly forgives and is asked that question, they immediately respond, praise God I have, glory to God Almighty and the Holy Spirit for giving me the strength to forgive what once I thought was the unforgivable sin. That's how somebody answers when they've truly forgiven. Yeah, right. Well, we're talking about this in the context of fatherlessness here, and you make a statement in the introduction that I want to dig into here. It says, for you to acknowledge that the sin of unforgiveness is just as terrible and wrong as the sin of abandonment. That's one of the goals, and you point out that this is a bitter pill to swallow, and I think as we think about those who might be tuning in right now and hearing me say that, and you as well, that I can see them thinking that is a bitter pill to swallow. So talk about that a bit. Yeah, it is. In God's eyes, sin is sin. When you've broken one of the commandments, you've broken them all. God's example is clear. Sin is sin. And we've all fall short of the glory of God. 
So if you want to start now saying, well, that sin is more than that, then you don't understand your Bible. Please read it more. You have to understand that God is holy, holy, holy. And sin is sin. We try to categorize it. But praise God, he didn't categorize it to me and all my horrible sins, and your horrible sins, and everybody else's. You know what I mean? It's just, we have to change that perspective. We have to live in victory as believers, not as the victim. We have received the greatest gift in salvation. We are not the victim. We are a blessed, redeemed, adopted child of God Almighty, and we have been put into his royal family. What is there to be a victim about? What is there to be bitter about? Forgive. Be healed. And when you're healed and you don't have the unrepented sin of unforgiveness in your life, then God can use you for mighty works. He can't use an unrepented sinner. You're on the sideline. You have broken fellowship with God Almighty. We are supposed to live in victory because this is not our home. And you look at some of the martyrs from the past, the victorious lives. I believe it's like John Huss, who was sentenced to death to burn because he wouldn't renounce God Almighty mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ. And he was marched out to his death to be burned to death. And his family, his children, all his multiple children, wife and his friends, they gathered around and treated it like a wedding because he was going home. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, forgive them. And he was going to be burned at the stake. Yeah, that is our witness. That is what we're supposed to do. Do not believe in the lies that we are to hold on to the sin of unforgiveness. It will destroy your soul and take you off the battlefield, the kingdom battlefield. God wants to use you. Too many people, too many men, too many fathers, men, fathers, women as well. They're on the sidelines with a festering soul wound. And the way to get back in the kingdom battle is to forgive and get to work for the kingdom and God's glory and live in victory. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that direct, well-spoken message. John Smith Baker is my guest here. We've got another segment to come on the plumb line. His book, Man Enough to Forgive. Look for that. And again, manenoughtoforgive.com. Did I get that right? Is that the website? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Manenoughtoforgive.com. You can find the book there. And he is also the founder of Fathers in the Field. So I'm going to continue with more from John in just a moment here. Hope you can stay tuned. I want to mention that as you hear from the advertisers, the businesses during these breaks, I'd love to have you reach out to them, support them, and utilize their services if you can, but also reach out to them and say thanks for supporting the plumb line and putting an advertisement on the show because they pay for the airtime so that the show can be airing in your area. So I'd really love it if you would say thanks to them for doing that. You can reach me anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. 
Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I am joined by John Smithbaker, an author of a book called Man Enough to Forgive. He's the founder of Fathers in the Field, great mentoring ministry, and we've been talking a little bit about that, been talking about some aspects of the book related to forgiveness, but I wanted to draw in on this last segment here, John, just a, a look into our society, what's going on in American society in particular. And you brought up how, you know, sin is sin. God doesn't put different weights on sins anyway. Certainly we humans do that. And when we look at fatherlessness and the problems that come about and the consequences of it, we could say that it is quite a significant sin. There's no doubt about that. Because one thing that I would say is with fatherlessness, the impact, the consequences go way beyond just the one boy who was fatherless, don't they? Amen. Well, you bring up a good distinction, right? There's different consequences to different levels of sin, right? If we rob 25 cents, you know, we may get a misdemeanor ticket, but if we kill somebody, we may be put to death. So there's consequences, but it's still sin, right? So now we're talking about the consequences. Let's just shoot straight here. You know, our country is broken. That we've had now 60 years of generational fatherlessness, and we see it playing out all around us in society. It is the number one societal issue destroying our nation. All the symptoms of fathers are being played out. Satan knows what he's doing. He's destroying men. And make no mistake about it, our culture is at war with men. You see it all around us, homosexuality, passiveness, effeminate issues. They're trying to destroy. They're trying to make men and women androgynous. You know, it is destroying society. And we, as a church, have to understand that God made both men and women, but he gave them different roles. He loves them the same. He values them the same. But he designed the rules for men to be the pastor, provider, and protectors. That is our role. And Satan knows that. And part of that is for men, obviously, to protect truth, stand up for the innocent, protect the weak, you know, raise and shepherd the next generation so they understand the truths of God, all those things. So that's a whole segment that we can get into. But that role as a pastor, provider, and protector, that's why Satan goes so hard at men and goes so hard at families and goes so hard at the children to break up the family. Because when you get the man out of the marriage, there goes the pastor, provider, and protector. You cannot fulfill those roles unless you're in the home. And as soon as the man leaves the home, the white flag of surrender is raised, and the marauding influence of this evil, broken, cruel world swoops in on this family. I was there, I know. And that's what's happening. Satan knows. We are a nation that over 50% now is fatherless. And here's the visual picture I want you to fully understand. 
The inner city is 75%. The suburban is 40. Combined and rural combined is about 40. So combined, we're 50%. If you want to know what our nation looks like, look at the inner city. As soon as it reaches an portion that we cannot recover from, that's what our nation will look like. So the delta is not that much. It's about 25 points. Pastor Greg Laurie says it best. The family can survive without the nation, but the nation cannot survive without the family. This is the number one societal issue. The church believers better come to grips with this. The barbarians are at the gate and the men are being taken off the sidelines. So we do not have defenders at the gate. We need to get men off the sidelines and women and have them forget, live in victory. We need reinforcements at the gate because make no mistake, barbarians are at the gate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we'll have time. I hope we do, but I'd like to just briefly anyway look at each of those components, pastor, protector, provider, because all three are under uh, attack or assault from our culture and our society and specific elements anyway within it. And so if you start with, I think when you say pastor, uh, I guess I think of the dad, the husband being the spiritual leader in the family. Is that kind of what yeah. you're referencing? Yes, absolutely. They're the spiritual leader. They're the shepherd, just like a, a pastor is supposed to shepherd in the the church. The family is a small church, and God calls it that. It's supposed to be a picture of the God's church, and Christ is the head of the church, and man, men are supposed to be head of the family, and so that's just the picture of it. It's very easily seen in the Bible. It's not culturally acceptable anymore. It rubs people wrong, but take it up with God. Yeah. You know, I'm following God. Amen. And for me and my household, I'm following God. And so that's just the truth. We can argue with it, but who is the clay to argue with the potter? Right. Mm, yeah, yeah. So pastor, yes, spiritual leader of the home, spiritual leaders in the church. This concept of women pastors is unbiblical, in rebellion. God gave everybody different roles. And the war on men is real. And I pray to God the church does not fall in that trap. Yeah. So I wish we had time to take that farther here, but I want to move into the other two aspects too. And so let's talk about the protector aspect here, because that's under attack in the sense that I think most of these are under attack from feminism, I guess you could say, or feminists who would say that, you know, we don't need a man to protect us. You know, we can take care of ourselves and that type of philosophy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just the lie of the world. Men were given the responsibility to be the protector. They were supposed to die sacrificially protecting the innocent and the weak. And that's just one aspect of being the protector. The other protector is of the home, right? We protect that evil does not enter a home. We are the gatekeeper, the doorkeeper. We're supposed to let crud and garbage and depravity and lies. We're not supposed to let that in our home. And the dad's not there. It can happen. We're supposed to protect our children, what they see, what they hear. We're supposed to love our neighbor and protect them. We're supposed to give our life unto death for our neighbors. That is all what God calls men to do. There's all different kinds of aspects. We're supposed to go fight righteous wars on God's behalf. You know what I mean? And protect, stand up for the innocent, even when we don't know them. We're just supposed to do righteous behavior. And this concept is being destroyed. Like masculinity is bad. Let me share something with your audience. And if you get a lot of emails, just forward them to me. All right. But uh, listen, masculinity is a gift to the world, to families, to women, to children. Masculinity was created by God 
It has a special purpose in his design, and it's a gift to us. Don't believe the lies of feminism, that men and masculinity is bad. There's always been evil. Masculinity is not evil. Masculinity is a gift from God. Mm, yeah. Well, just real quickly here, the provider aspect, you know, in the scriptures, speaking about dire consequences, the one who doesn't provide for his family faces dire consequences as well. And yeah. um, I'm trying to think, I think it's First Timothy, I can't remember the reference right now. I don't know if you... They're worse than what? They're worse than what? Uh, an unbeliever, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep, Ouch. yeah. So, and that's, and Ouch. I take that to be talking to men, to husbands and fathers, right? Yes, Obviously. Listen, Scripture is very clear. I know it's not popular, but women are designed to be the helpmate. The provider is supposed to be the man. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it takes both the masculinity and the nurturing, the woman and the man, to raise healthy individuals. If we say there's no consequence to the destruction of the marriage and the man is not necessary, so my children will be fine, we're calling God a liar. His plan is perfect. And there's always consequence to sin. Always. Yeah. Well, I hope that we can do another interview together in the future here, because there are just so many things I'd like to uh, talk about here. So, But we've got maybe one minute that if you can just kind of give the final verdict here, what you really want listeners to take home in a minute here. Yeah. Listen, this is tough stuff, and we've all dealt with it. In fact, more people now have dealt with it than not. You could be mad. You could be upset. You could be convicted. But read God's word. There's hope and victory. Forgiveness is the key. And if you have children that need a godly mentor because you're by yourself, moms, look up fathers in the field. Let's get a biblical church going. Let's help your children. Let's restore their hope that they're not garbage. They're not thrown away pieces that should be thrown away like garbage. There is hope and victory in Jesus Christ for your children and redemption. But they are hurting, and they need our help. And these men who have graduated into manhood, who have not dealt with this wound, men, listen to me. You were born for a glorious purpose. Don't let Satan sideline you through unforgiveness. That would be my message. Mm, Yeah, amen. Well, thank you, John. I so appreciate you being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, and God bless you. John Smith-Baker, again, Man Enough to Forgive is the book, manenoughtoforgive.com, the website. You can find it there, and I'm sure you can find lots of other great resources and look up Fathers in the Field as well for great mentoring ministry. And uh, my thanks to John. Just lots of great information for us, all guided by the Holy Spirit, which is the desire and aim here of the Plumb Line, to look at these topics and issues from a biblical worldview by the power of the Spirit that we've been given as believers in Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in here to you, friend in the listening family. I hope you'll come back for the next edition, and you can reach me anytime via email, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plumb Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.